I think I'm going to tell my whole story and try to say everything that I remember. Does that sound okay? I don't know how long. I guess I could do it short. What do you think? Doesn't matter. Do it however you do it. Um, when do I start? I'm already going. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> My whole thing I think that I can think of to start with is that my parents were really, really young when they had me. They were like too young. And I get that now. Like my mom was 17 and my dad, like when I was born, she was 17, turning 18. And my dad was um, just turned 20. And um, from like what I know with them is that being young and having kids is dumb. Hi, Earl. But, um, but what it was is it was 1984. And you have to take everything into perspective of when they were like, when they were teenagers in 1984, like even right now, when you think of things like you see the dirt, which is like that Motley Crue movie. And I think of my parents the whole time because like they were just fucking partying and that's all they wanted to do was probably party with me. And, but they had me, so they had to get real. So my mom and my dad, like my mom was first, like she didn't want to be a, or my grandma didn't like that my mom got pregnant, like, at all. My grandma was fucking pissed. And I always think of my grandma, like, my my mom's mom, as being the cool mom. Because she was. She was, like, the hippie. She was, like, the stoner. And she still is, like, the cool grandma. But um, when you think of things, like, with kids and stuff, the more conservative people are more okay with, like, the kids, you know? So my my dad's mom was more okay with my with my mom being pregnant with me and having me. So my grandma on my mom's side was obviously trying to be like, I had kids too young. That's why you shouldn't have kids. So my mom took that on really weird becoming an adult. And I could see that now and the way she is. And then my dad, he just, I think falls madly in love. Like I do with people. And he knew that he was going to have a kid with my mom. So he was doing everything that he could to like, make shit work and be 19 but he was partying already like he was already a drug addict like he told me about the shit that he did before I was born like shooting like shooting cocaine when he was like 13 with my uncle Kirk and shit and like but I mean back to me so I was born in 84 and I was like um I had a good childhood my my mom and dad were really like there for me and I think that had to do with how much my grandma was there for me because my dad's mom was already like stay at home. And so she was already raising like my cousin who was five years older than me too. So she's a big part of my life. My cousin Ryan, she's a, um, she's just this really strong headed girl. Cause my aunt Cindy, my dad's sister was this crazy partier and she had a kid and just wanted to keep partying. And she kind of left my, cousin with my grandma and my grandma to raise her while she went off and just did her own thing and that left her to play with me (laughs) so when my mom was like tired of like watching me or whatever I had my 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 cousin who would just kind of babysit me I guess but like at a really young age you can't really say babysit but she just played with me and um so when I was around like the age of like you know four or five I could remember she was already trying to teach me like math and 
reading and science and like all this weird stuff. So I, I loved hanging out with my cousin. She was taught me a lot about education and she's in the school uh, system now. Like she works in North Carolina with kids, but, um, that was a big thing for me. But, um, my, the house that I lived at in Aromas with my grandma, my, my, my grandpa John's house, which is a big part of my life. My, my grandpa John died when I was 12. And I think back now about how much it must've affected my dad with this age thing. Like my, my grandpa was 60 when he had a heart attack and died. And my grand, my dad was 32 when he died. And right now I'm 34 and my dad died last year when I was 33. So I start to think about uh, addiction and stuff like a little bit different with all this in perspective. I know I just jumped a lot in this story, but, um, it wasn't that long after everything. When you're a kid, all your perception of time is like so weird because like a year is like, you know, even like when you go on spring break or summer vacation, it's like, you almost want to go back to school. (laughs) You're like, this is forever. But like, I think about these things. And when I was a kid, when those times, so I was saying like when I, when I, so, you know, we don't remember that much shit from zero to four, but I do remember my cousin being there and watching me and like doing the school stuff with me. And so I'd learned my math, my mathematics, like in kindergarten, I already knew how to do addition and subtraction and some multiplication. And they were pretty tripped out on that. So I went into school when I was four years old still, cause I was born in September and, um, I was really outgoing and my school was really, really small. I only had like 28 kids in my class every grade, but like kindergarten, I remember. And then like first grade. And I think like some of my early, my early memories is moving around a lot with my mom and my dad. And, um, we sometimes had to stay at my grandpa's house and my grandpa and my grandma were going through a divorce. And that was messing with my dad on an emotional level. And my parents had already divorced when I was, like three or no, like, like five. And that didn't really like bother me that much because, um, I don't know. I think they hid the fights from me really good. Like my parents hid fighting really well. And then like they got, they separated on a level that was like friends that we didn't really like see it as bad. And we got to stay at our parents. Like they set up a, a, a separation agreement where we stayed at my dad's house, you know, Monday, Tuesday, and then we'd stay at my mom's house Wednesday, Thursday, and then we would stay at my dad's house Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then it would switch. We'd go to my mom's house Monday, Tuesday, and then we'd only see my dad Tuesday, Thursday, and then we'd go see my mom again Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So it was like a rotation, and it worked, like, really well, and it, like, it just kind of made us not really think about how maybe bad our parents splitting was, but I mean, it was good because they weren't supposed to be together. And then we got to see them reconnect with other people that they really did love. So I got to see love in like a weird way in that aspect of like, that's how you're supposed to fall in love. You know, not just like you're born to people that are married and then you're like, that's mom and dad. And then, and then if they split up, like it's pretty devastating to people I saw later in life, like when their parents would divorce when they were, you know, like going into college and their parents would be like, okay, we got them through school. Now we're going to split up because we thought we did the right thing. And then those kids would be like, ah, marriage is fake. And I was like, no, you know, it's all good, dude. People just love and they stop being in love and things happen. And I don't know now to this day, I, 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 
I say that now, knowing what I thought then, when really I know some weird shit about love now, <laughs> if I'm going to be t- completely honest, is the truth of everything. But um, going back to some shit, like the time, uh, relativity of like that time from 5 to 12, I think... The major things in between then were like that I skateboarded a lot. I made a couple good friends. I did like some weird shit that kind of stands out. <laughs> like I remember me and my friend uh, Jonathan like found all the drowned lizards in the tarp for, that covered up all his wood for like fire. And, like so it would make these little pools when the rain would come. Like the tarp would get saggy in some spots like where there'd be a hole. And the lizards would fall in it and they'd drown. <laughs> And uh, we'd pull them out and put them on a log and we would smash their heads with like a hammer. Like, what the hell were we doing? Like, we weren't killing them, obviously, but we were definitely learning some fucked up anatomy. (laughs) But like, I remember this and like, I shouldn't, but I mean, it must mean something. But then the other thing is, um, we skateboarded a lot. And um, I think my, my mom during all this was very like, going to work and she had like her new boyfriend and they got married when I was nine and like he had a kid Tara who was like my little stepsister but you know I was like ah, whatever we didn't have to see her that much kind of thing because she had her own family but um this is all like it's so hard to tell the story of when you're little before a certain age but um I think I'm doing good um so at nine my mom married that guy Joe and he had a daughter Tara and um, this is all that stuff. And so in between that too, my my grandma Bobby and my grandpa John, my dad's parents, were like the, the staple. They were the ones that like, you know, made sure I was born and healthy and made sure my mom was, you know, good. And then once I was born, my grandma Jackie was finally on board and everything was cool and they worked together as like a group family. But like what was weird is when my grandma Bobby decided to divorce my grandpa John like because everyone thought they were just going to be together like forever and ever and ever and that was like around the age of like I don't know I guess like eight or nine like around this time a lot of weird shit happened too like my grandma Jackie's husband um Tommy who she'd been with for a while he got cancer from um going to Vietnam and uh He's a Japanese guy, so his parents were in the internment camps in, like, Watsonville, and they have a a market in Watsonville still that's, like, the only Japanese food store in Watsonville, but, they, you know, they have that story, and it's crazy that my grandma attached to that, and then she had a kid when I was six, so that's, like, more craziness to, like, my whole family, too. I I have an uncle that's younger than me that's half Japanese, and that's my mom's mom, and, um... And all meanwhile, on my dad's side that my dad had to deal with is my grandma and grandpa divorcing. And I think now that really kind of fucked up my dad a lot because he was constantly in and out of drinking and drugs and like trying to stick together with us and like try to stay like he always told us we were going to get like whatever we wanted. And that's kind of the bad thing. And I think that's why I kind of always assume like I'm going to get things or when I don't get stuff, I fucking, it, it hurts me or like I get really codependent. Cause like, did I remember like even like the noise of my dad's truck? Like I could hear it coming in the driveway or, you know, like if I heard a car that sounded like his, I'd get all excited. But you know, he, now I know he was fucking off drinking and stuff. And now I know 
I always have to tie everything with reasons that he was probably drinking because he was hurt about my grandma leaving my grandpa and him trying to figure out what true love was. But through that, while I was living, um, she moved to Salinas and my dad was trying to do his thing and like never really could. And we would stay at my grandma's house and it's really weird now to think about it, but like one of the first times I ever, um, I ever like kissed a girl or anything was like my dad kind of set it up because he was with, he was trying to hit up the girl that lived next door to my grandma. And so that just is, I don't even know if I want to even talk about That's so awkward. So, um, yeah, he convinced the late, the, the girl that I was talking to mom to let her spend the night to watch a movie <laughs> and we got to like sit and watch a movie together late at night and we got to make out and play with each other's private parts and I was only like 12 and a half years old like my dad asked me about the sex talk when I was 10 years old because he started having sex with his babysitter when he was 11 it's fucking crazy and so I th- think it might be some reasons why I might have issues with some things, maybe <laughs> with girls, but I mean, it's probably not, whatever. It's just so young. He even did it with another girl later when I was in high school, but I think my dad was just always looking out for me. He looked up to me, or was always looking out for me, but in weird ways, especially with drugs too, man. He was always making sure I had all the drugs. I know through high school, like through the very beginning, like let's just go. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's start when I really just started going for it. Let's, let's, <clears throat> okay. Blah, 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 blah. Kid stuff. That was Brandon. Yeah. Let's go to B dog. When I turned into B dog, this is for real. I, <laughs> I became B dog when I went to Anzar high school and I met my two best friends, Matt and Rich Vargas, or Matt Dog and Rich Dog. <laughs> pretty, pretty easy. <laughs> B Dog, Matt Dog, and Rich Dog. And uh, what it was is Rich Dog had every single class with me for a semester. So like we were at a new high school, Anzar High School was one of one of two in the whole nation that did these things called exhibitions. Exhibitions were college level presentations where you had to take into like take into consideration all these different sides of every topic, you know, like evidence, perspective, relativity, evidence, you know, like you had to fill out these things called eppers and you know it was good it was it was at the time i was fucking pissed we were little kids and we were like what this is way too much work like we have to do these when when we're juniors and seniors in high school it's gonna be so hard and like complain 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 but they were good and and i i look at them now like they were good but anyways so this school was kind of set up like a college to where we had like seven classes on monday and then like on Tuesday, you would do three of the seven with like your a short, you know, seventh period and they would like chop it up. So it was like, it was almost impossible for you to have every class with one person, you know, like you were always, it was always mixed up. And it was finally like, I went to a big enough high school. I was saying you, I went to such a small school. I went through K through eight with the same kids. 
then this high school was really small too. There was only like 400 kids total, but still it was like, whoa, this is so many, especially for me. And, um, so it was crazy if you got the same class with everyone and I got the same fucking class with rich every single one. Like everyone was like, you guys are going to be best friends now for sure. And so that's when it all started. And they were the ones that were basically exposed to everything because they were from Gilroy and they had weed and they had alcohol. They had acid. They had mushrooms. They had everything, everything. It was so fucking crazy because for me too, what it was is I didn't do the shit. But I hung out with my dad enough. This is now it's clear to me. Now I know what I want to say. When I was little, my dad, yeah, let me like drink with them and like have a couple beers. Like when I hung out with them and he would work out all the time. But a lot of people would come and hang out. And I know now that they were just smoking weed or doing meth or doing coke. But at the time, I just listened to them having fun and tell their stories that were crazy, you know, like about doing drugs or how much they could do or how much alcohol they could drink. So I knew these stories and I could almost use them as my stories for when I met new people. And these people from Gilroy were Matt and Rich. So when they told their little battle stories, and that was the thing too, the other kids that they came to Anzar with from Gilroy were the trouble kids that had good parents that wanted them to like get away from Gilroy. So these kids come to Anzar like 13, we're like 14, 15 think they're fucking cool as shit doing drugs, like got kicked out of the last school for doing that. So they talk all this shit. And then I kind of put up the front that I was that kid from aromas. Cause I kind of was the coolest one, but I didn't do any of the shit. Didn't do any of the drugs. But when they got there, like I just said yes to everything. And like, it's probably because my dad, like, I, I think I'd already like kind of been like, my dad is kind of a bad, a bad guy, but like, he's cool and people like him. So maybe if I just do like what he does, I'll get all that kind of action too. And like, sure enough, I did. And like, within like, like, I mean, we were smoking weed every day. And then like within the first week I dropped acid like at PE and like the whole day was just like, wow, like fucking crazy. Yeah. And I was like, dude, I was like just turned 14. Like I remember I went to high school when I was 13. So I mean, within the first week I just turned, maybe it was like my 14th birthday and I thought it'd be cool. Like if they thought I would think I would cool, I was cool if I, did that for my birthday and I never even fucking thought about doing acid. My dad said acid and mushrooms were the scariest things on earth to ever do. He said to never do them. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm doing it. But I'm glad that I did because it was fucking amazing. And I'm, I think now, like, I'm like, maybe it made my mind more developed. Like maybe this is like some shaman shit where I did it at the right time where I, my developing mind got opened more. <laughs> the gate was left open for more stuff. But like, I mean, throughout that time, my dad was like really partying. And so it kind of made me just be like, fuck this. So I just kind of kept partying too. And my, my mom had just had a kid. So she was really distracted. And this is what I was talking to you about, Janet, how like my mom wasn't giving me no attention. That's probably why I blackout drink all the time. And, uh, but my mom basically had a kid with that guy, Joe, that she got married to when I was nine, they had a kid when I was like 12. So I became like permanent babysitter. And I knew that I kind of ruined my parents 
life by being born when they were too young. And then my, I'm now changing a diaper all the time. And I'm like, fuck this. And I pretty much decided then I was never going to have a kid. Like I was already at parties, like at 16 years old going, man, I can't wait till I get a vasectomy. <laughs> like I'm talking about having sex with girls without condoms. And I mean, that's another thing too, with my, my first sex experience I was thinking about recently too. I was writing it out and I mean, this all like kind of coincides cause I was like 15, I was like 15 and um, it was like another night I was out with the Vargases and that's the thing with my mom being distracted and my dad partying all the time. I was able to just not have to stay at home ever. Like I could just, cause Anzar was away from Aromas. Like it was 10 miles from Aromas. So you always needed a ride back to town but I could like say I was stranded to go to Gilroy, which was another 10 miles like the other way. So I could like get stuck. And as long as his parents were like, okay with it, it was all good. And his parents actually had a lot of money. So they paid for me. Basically his dad was like going through like a big burst in like the real estate industry in Gilroy. And so he wasn't really around, but he just gave money to their mom and she basically just like took me under her wing and that's how we bought weed. Like we each got 20 bucks every day, which meant like we could easily get like almost a quarter ounce and some food like every single day between three of us. And then like his younger brother, we just had to hide everything from, which now we regret because his younger brother is like pretty fucking out there. <laughs> but I mean, all of us, all of them, there's a story behind all of us now, Matt, Rich, me and Dan. But Rich is the big one because he was my best friend for all those classes my freshman year. And then uh, the second semester, he got all the classes with me again. And that was crazy. So everyone's like, holy shit. But then he got kicked out of school. So this was like after the acid thing and after we've been smoking and hanging out and just partying and being freshmen way too old. But I mean, freshman year and then. Going into sophomore year, I became Matt Vargas's best friend because Rich got expelled <laughs> the end of our freshman year from Anzar, and he ended up having to go to Palma. And through that, we only got to see him like through partying. And in my sophomore year, um, this is when I lost my virginity. So like this all coincides because um, Rich was out of town. Uh, Rich was no longer best friend, so Matt was my new best friend. And then. Um, through that we went to a party and rich met us there and he was kind of like different now because he had like his friends and like we used to be best friends so it always made me feel kind of weird like he kind of treated me different after that it was just like weird just kid shit now that i think about it but we're we're still best friends now but this night was one of the beginnings of like how our minds switched because uh he met up with us there and then we ended up like meeting a guy that had liquid acid and, um, and they were like, we're all going to do it. And rich because of like his kind of different antics. Like when we were all just kind of like trying to one up one another, we all did like three liquid drops, like straight on our tongues. And then shit just fucking went crazy. Like everyone did acid. And I thought like some people didn't and like, I don't know, just things got fucking weird. And that's why this one's so weird for me because, um, you know, I told everyone that like I had sex and all this stuff. And like, part of that was like my dad's thing, like him trying to set up like those people and like, yeah, we, I touched girls, but I never like had sex or even like really thought about it. I was more like in the, I want to fall in love kind of thing. And like, I want to be married first or whatever in my mind. But you know, I'd barely even been jerking off. Like since I was like 13, you know, I didn't even start like when everyone else did either. So I was like, kind of just like weird and probably maybe I put off too much of a front and maybe I do 
over exaggerate or whatever, but that's kind of what got me into this. Cause this girl was like older and, um, we were frying like really fucking hard, like for a really, really long time. And it was just like, I wanted to be so done with it. And I was like, kind of just like going in and out of bedrooms and being like, where can I just like escape from everything? And this girl fucking like comes over and like, kind of like cuddles me in this bed and like, you know, it feels like comforting. And I'm like, okay, like, okay. And she's like, well, have you ever heard that having sex and busting a nut like makes the trip go away. And I'm like, I don't know, like I, whatever, <laughs> you know, I like, I kind of just like go, okay, like I, I don't want to fry anymore. And like, you know, and, and they, it was probably partially my fault, but this is how I lost my virginity. And I went into the bathroom with her and she was like, pushed me onto the toilet and like took my pants off. And like, I think I even remember being like the toilet seat's still up. <laughs> And like I stood up for a second while she pulled my pants down and I put the seat all the way down. Like, so that way I was actually sitting on like a flat surface rather than a hole. <laughs> and, and she was just like, I'm, and you know, you're like fucking a kid and you're like, I'm not going to fry anymore. And so I'm like, I have a boner of course. And like, don't even, so I sit down and she just straddles me like looking at the wall. So her like, you know, we were kind of doing like the whatever like the spider on the, on the swings or whatever, but over the toilet. <laughs> and I just remember it like sliding right in and being like, Whoa, like it did. It felt like awesome or whatever. But like, I'm so high on acid that like, it's just sensations. Like, I don't know what's happening. Like it just like felt slippery. And I was like, okay, like, whoa. And I just, I think I came like in like probably 10 seconds and just like probably in her, but she just kept riding away on it. And I'm just like, ah, like whatever, this is fucking crazy. And like, and sure enough, like, I don't know if it's your mind on the drugs, but like, yeah, when, when my boner went down, it was like everything shrunk back to normal. Like the room was like the normal brightness was like the same size <laughs> we didn't really fit where we were sitting anymore <laughs> like it was like ah, how do we the bathroom was like small i don't even know how she sat on me on the toilet and like i finally could see her and she was a big girl like a big a bigger bigger than me girl you know like and she was older than me and i was just like oh my god and like, I just remember going to the bedroom and like pulling my pants and putting my clothes on and, and her thinking like it was normal and good. And I was like kind of nervous and scared still. And I laid down on the bed and she hugged, like she cuddled me where I was the little spoon and she was the big spoon. <laughs> like all of the, I got raped, <laughs> like story. <laughs> and like her hand, like kind of goes like by my face, like to like maybe rub my hair, but it like goes in front of it. And I could see she had like those like stubby thumbs that look like toes. And I was like, ah, and I, I was freaking the fuck out, man. And that's like when I like got up and I like had to find my friends and I got Matt and rich and got this guy to drive us and like the foggy dark morning kind of thing. And like, dude, it was fucked up. And the car was filled with trash. It was that, and that's how I lost my virginity. <laughs> and I kept that a secret from a lot of people, except for my friends. They wanted to tell everyone that I had sex with, whatever the fuck her name was everyone knew it too everyone knew her and like everyone kind of and that's like the the dirty part too is it was kind of like a joke to everyone and i'm like this ain't a fucking joke man <laughs> i didn't like that at all <laughs> but uh but more along the lines of like pushing the boundaries of our brains and and all that stuff i mean there's more to go with that story of that house and how deep 
the thinking went, but it wasn't really like that thought provoking. It was just great, funny shit. But, um, the other, the other acid trip thing that kind of, um, made me, me that what happened just shortly after this was mushrooms. And it was like, I think, I think I had done acid twice before I had done mushrooms at all. So my first time doing mushrooms is now, I think I'm a junior in high school and, um, it was me, Matt, me, Matt dog, Neeland and rich dog all got an eighth. Cause our friend was like, you got to do a whole eighth. Like don't fuck around with a gram, do the eighth. Don't fuck with it. And so we were like, okay, okay. And like, I remember we were so fucking nervous and rich cause he went to Palma wasn't going to get to Gilroy until like a certain time after. And then he had to go do something else. So like, dude, it was, it was so frustrating. Like when you're waiting to do drugs, it's like the anticipation is just like, fuck. So that was crazy. And we just decided to do them. And so rich was just going to have to do his later when he got to us. And then we, we had it all planned out to where he was going to take them. And then we were going to drive somewhere. We were already going to be tripping. He was going to be the driver. And then we would go do something else later on or whatever. And so we are in Gilroy and we ate the mushrooms, me, Neeland and Matt. And it was like, Oh my God, best feelings. Like, Holy shit. Like arms were like huge. Like we were in the grass laying around. We walked around Gilroy. Everything was like fucking amazing and crazy. But like, there were some, like we definitely were shooting way too hard. Like there were a few things that happened. Like I, I did a backflip off my friend's Mustang, which was a convertible off the stop, off the soft top, which put a hole in it. And then while we were driving down a streetway, I threw his car in reverse, like while we were going forward and it like fucked up some shit. And like, he was mad at me for so long. He still fucking talks about it like to this day. And it's like, dude, okay, I get it. Like, and his dad was all loaded at the time and or like rich, you know? So I don't know. It was just a weird fucking another part of this story that happened because the other things that happened were rich did come around and he ate the mushrooms and he was driving us around and he probably drove us around too long and we were all fucking super gone like i had already done that to that car and we were like escaping people and just getting into cars and doing like whatever we wanted and um and so what happened is we got to this person's house and I remember we were like coming down me Neeland and Matt and like I had already I was already off my rocker and then like kind of coming back so things were like funny and I was telling stories and jokes and telling people like what I could see and when Rich was sitting in this room he started looking up at this light and he started rubbing at his face with his eyes closed like he wanted to like pull his eyeballs out and I was like dude what the fuck but like people were like is he okay and I I would just be like yeah he's fine dude he's he's got like I always assumed he had things better than we did like because he was a year older than us and he always kind of acted like he had his shit together and he could talk to parents like better than anyone and so we were all like no no he's just at his peak like we kept saying like he's peaking right now we're coming down but he's peaking like he's at the good part and like he just kept going at his face and like but like, it looked kind of weird now that I think about it, but we just kind of let it go. And then, and then, uh, we like kind of got off of it and like, he still wouldn't stop and we had to take him home and we were like kind of done. And he went into his room and he started like 
pace back and forth like all night and i guess we were just so tired that we were just like we kind of passed out and he went up and down the stairs and he was pounding on the walls and maureen his mom like wakes me up and goes what the hell did matt what what was rich on last night what was he doing last night what was he on and i was like nothing like we weren't doing anything and she's like i know he was on something like nobody just runs up and down the stairs saying they can't feel their legs and their arms while they're pounding on the wall and I'm like, N- I don't know, nothing, nothing. And uh, um, he comes out, and I could see it in his face that like he looked fucking crazy. And I was like, okay, we ate mushrooms. Like that's what we did. Like that's we all had ate the mushrooms. And I don't know what happened to Rich. They were the same mushrooms. Like we're all good. And she's just like, thank you for telling me. Like now, you know, we could take care of him. So they took him to the fucking hospital, like the, like the mental hospital. And so he's there and now we're like all going, fuck, like what the fuck? Like we all ate the same mushrooms. Like what are we, like how are we normal? Like is, are we going to be okay? And everyone's just like, you'll be fine, you'll be fine. And he he ends up like having the meds long enough there to where he seems normal. Like when Maureen comes and sees him. And so she takes him out like at a visiting time, like when she's not supposed to, you know, like without the medicine or anything. And like, so he comes back home and he, um, is a lot like, cause she doesn't know what to do and she thinks he's normal cause we're all normal and we did all the same stuff. So he stops taking the drugs again and then he starts putting together all these things around the house that are like mind Kampf was one of a, like this book report that his brother was doing book about Hitler and everything. And then there was another thing where they were putting in a deck in a pool in the back and like this old guy was always around, like he had to go in and out of the house and he was putting together the deck. And like, so Rich is like off from school because, you know, he's like trying to get his head straight, but he sees all these things around the house and then his brain is getting imbalanced again. And he starts saying things that like his mom is his girlfriend's lesbian mom. His dad is the guy that's building the deck and putting in the pool. And that Hitler is about to take over the country. And we're like, no, dude, like, what the fuck? Like, we see how you're putting it together, but you need to, like, not take these into consideration at all. Like, you're tripping. And so he's, like, getting more and more weird. And, like, we're hanging out one night. And I was used to cook and clean around the house. And, like, the house was just kind of like a hangout for everyone. Kind of like a teenage hangout. The mom never wanted to be alone. And um, he was laying down on a couch. And his girlfriend's looking over him, petting him. And trying to just soothe them and you're okay. And he's just like looking straight through her like a, like, like weird, you know, like a drunk person, like a blacked out person. Now they're just like, but you're like over here, you know? Yeah. And he was like doing that, but like kind of smiling. And I'm like, I like look, cause I like le- leaned around a doorway and I'm like, Oh look, they look cute. But I'm like, it looks weird. So I go back to cook and then I go back again and I look down at his hand and like, she's got her back to me. So he's kind of like looking at me, his feet are like close to me, his head's away, her back's to me. And he clenches his fist and he just cracks her as hard as he can with a right crack. And I could just hear it. Oh, like you could hear all that. Like, <laughs> dude, her jaw moved her fucking face like i heard and i had to go over and she i grab her look at her and she's got that like uh, uh, like she didn't cry at first but then she cries like it's so fucked up and her face was like instantly bruised she had to go to the fucking hospital and i'm holding him down fucking like like crying like dude what the fuck are you doing he's just like uh, and he fucking was copying fight club i wanted to hurt something beautiful 
And I was like, get the fuck out of here, you fucking idiot. Like, I was so fucking mad. And like, and that was the thing too. He like, he stands up and he's like, what are you going to do? You're going to hit me? And I'm like, I'm I'm not going to go to what you fucking did. Like, and then his mom comes in and goes, what happened? And Megan just cry, cry. He hit me in the face. I'm like, fuck. And like, he gets, Maureen, his mom gets right in front of him and just decks him like three times. Crack, crack, crack. I was like, holy shit. And he's just smiling, looking at her like. Like a crazy person, like a real fucking crazy person. And um, I just see the whole thing. And then that's when like, that's when we had to fucking turn him in again. And 5150, <laughs> and he had to go back to the mental institution. And I was like, you know, we're 16 years old. Like, okay, fuck. So he goes and like, we just have to kind of deal with it. And um, really not, not like really deal with it. We just kind of kept partying and fucking putting everything aside and then when um he was in the mental institution for like long enough um you know he they want to see it everyone we all want to see him everyone's asking what's wrong with rich what's up with rich and um and you know the mom wants to see him more than anybody and they're trying to contact 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 and he's like i don't want to see anybody except for b-dog i'll only talk to b-dog and i'm like fuck and so they're like b-dog you gotta come and i'm like of course he's my best friend but you know at the same time i'm like nervous and scared and what the hell like we all ate the same mushrooms and how much am i supposed to even tell the truth about like what am i even supposed to say and then we get there and you know, it's it's just like anything else. Like he did want to see everyone. He just was too afraid and he just wanted to see someone that he didn't feel like would judge him. And like, and I didn't, and I don't, and I never would. And I don't. And I think he taught me a lot about that because he still has to deal with that shit. And that was a good time when I was in the hospital, I got to talk to the doctor cause he, he I talked to him for a minute and he said, everything's good. And I'm feel a lot better. I just know I have to take my meds. And I was like, yeah, I know you got to take your meds now. If that's what happened when you weren't on your meds, no more hitting girlfriends. And, um, but then I got to talk to the doctor afterwards and the doctor was like, uh, I, I asked the doctor, how come, was it the mushrooms? Do mushrooms make people crazy? And he's like, no, there's someone along the line in his history and his family heritage that schizophrenic. So schizophrenia is in the family. And, you know, sure enough, that's, I got to bring this information to the family and, um, Maureen looked back in the, and she was like, Oh shit. My, I think her, I think her uncle was schizophrenic. And then like, even the great, the great grandpa was like a rich person that went crazy when he was like 55 or something, you know? And like, and they were set off by like alcohol things. And that was the, that's what the doctor told me too. He's like, he's like, if it wasn't mushrooms with, with Richard and the way that, you know, he's the way he is, it could have been anything like alcohol or even, you know, smoking marijuana and that was like the crazy thing too, because it's later is when he would drink on his meds. Sometimes he would, he would, um, go back into like, you would see it, you know, like his craziness again, you'd be like, fuck. Okay. No more alcohol for you, but still it's like, everyone just has to learn their own shit as they go. But, um, I mean, that's still like sophomore, junior year. Um, what happened later party wise? A few brushes with death. The first time I got blackout drunk, I was with my, um, I was with my dad and all during this time, um, I was doing before this, I think even like during all this stuff with partying that I kind of hid from people and like no one really knew is my dad was super addicted to pills. 
he was addicted to pills and I kind of knew, but not really. I didn't know the extent of it. And then I got um, surgery when I was 15 on my ankle, you know, my bad, ugly looking ankle. They give you a bunch of pain pills. And when my dad was telling me like, you know, when the doctor asks you what kind of pain meds you need or like what you're allergic to, you got to tell them that you're allergic to codeine. And now it's like, isn't codeine cool, you know, like liquid codeine, but like really to my dad, codeine was such a weak drug that he wanted to make sure that they were only going to give me like Norcos or Percocets or the good shit. And so this was all like in that time when I was 15 and you know, the, the, the acid and mushrooms thing I kept away from my dad. And then this part, I was a part of my dad was the pills is when I got the surgery, I got to see, I think my dad got into his, um, his DUI like a little ways before this. And he had a class A license. And when you have a class A license and you get a DUI, they take your license away for 10 years. They take your license away forever. So when you're a person and you get and you have a class A license and you have a job that requires you to have that and you got it for that job, you're automatically terminated from that job forever. So when my dad lost his job, like when I was 15, like along this time with all the acid and the mushrooms and stuff, like I was developing my mind and then this thing right here kind of shattered everything because my dad was kind of like everything, but then this was like, he got the DUI and then he never thought he'd be able to like come back, like make money or whatever. So he really started to go down. Like he was drinking a lot and he was doing all these pills and I didn't know until I got my ankle surgery and I got a prescription for, um, 30 Vicodin and like 10 Percocets. And I remember I liked the Percocets. I knew I liked the Percocets already. And I, and my dad was like, he went with me cause I had to have an adult to pick up the prescription. And I kind of knew he was already fucking up really bad cause of the DUI and the drinking didn't really like him being him around. And he, I kind of resented him already, but this is how I knew is he got all 30 of my Vicodin, like the, the little 0.5s. They're not like that strong, it's mostly Tylenol. And if I would have seen him do it now, I would have told him to cold water extract him, but he took all 30 of the Vicodin like right there in the parking lot at the Safeway that we picked up the fucking prescription. And I was just like, what the fuck? But in my mind, like, so then I'm in my mind going, well, that didn't kill him. Everyone, everyone that I ever spoke to about like any kind of heroin pills or whatever, it's like you die if you take the whole bottle of anything, you know? And then I watched my dad take a whole bottle of like a narcotic and I'm like, so my my perception of like the limit has always been skewed and that's probably why I take it so far like to this day and like why I always did through college and high school and everything I've ever done but um with drugs in any ways because I don't really finish the job with a lot of the things that I start outside of drugs and partying <laughs> but um yeah this the uh, the pills I found out about my dad because of the surgery, and then I think shortly after that was like the first time I got um, blackout drunk with my dad. Like the first time I got blackout drunk when I found out how much I could drink, and it was six tall can king cobras, and we were just sitting in a fucking trailer in a trailer park watching I think a stand up comedy thing, and I was just like cussing he said like the last thing i was doing was going fucking 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 a fuck fucking fuck and he just said it was hilarious but i was so fucking sick the next day like 
never been that sick. And that should have been like the time that I was like, why would I ever want to drink again? I was hanging out in a trailer park with my dad by myself, (laughs) drinking tall cans and puking now in the fucking trailer bathtub. Like it was just all bad, 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 bad. But that happened. And then, um, later just going through high school. I don't know. A lot of it had to do with just trying to look cool and party. And I was really good at being popular. Like, and back, this is like coming back from rich and the craziness. I think we kind of like got a little tame, but like I was hiding away from my dad doing all these drugs and like, you know, doing the pills and drinking and trying to, you know, he was trying to always work but he never made enough money compared to what he did make at PG&E. So he just never felt like satisfied. So it was kind of like hard to be around him because I was trying to play baseball and he was trying to be around, but I was more like mad, but my friends wanted him to be around because he smoked weed with us and he could get us weed and he was cool with the pills. And sometimes I liked the pills. So it was like, it was like a give take. And my dad just wanted to always hang around us, but I just kind of would get mad just like anyone kind of like get away like you're always fucking around lingering and he just kind of was getting it was a little frustrating towards the end and I remember I had my girlfriend Jenna and she was like my major one and I you know told her I was a virgin and everything and had to tell everyone to hold in that whole how I got my virginity taken acid trip with like all my friends I had to be like you guys can't fucking slip up like tell the story of how that happened because I was so fucking in love with this girl and and I mean I think she was with me too because I mean we were together um like we got together when I was like 16 so I was like a junior going on senior and then she was what was it that no I was a senior and she was a junior and then we stayed together a year after I graduated she was a senior and you know it was easy because she just hung out with all my friends and we all had the same friends but this was like the time that I was like I was still partying because it was fun to go out with with Matt and Rich and just to get fucked up I just liked it because it made me not think about my dad and I would never ever do crank or coke because I hated what my dad was doing because I knew my dad was doing that on the side even though I always wanted to like deny it and I always did because people would call my dad a tweaker but I was like he's not a fucking tweaker (laughs) but come to find out he definitely was and so was my grandpa and that's why he had the heart attack when he was 60 and that was like weird to find out later in life and I think my grandma still doesn't even really know how bad my grandpa's meth addiction was but um I got to figure it all out through my dad after his accident. But, um, meanwhile in high school, when, um, I was with Jenna, I just kind of like, I really gave her everything. And this is like another reason why I get all like caught up with girls too, is how much my, my dad and the side life, it just makes you want to give everything to a person that you think is like going to give you all of it. And like, you kind of have to figure out that if you do that, you don't become as appealing, I guess. But that's like kind of what happened with her too. Like I, I stayed at her house like every every night and like kind of distracted myself. And then, um, but I was still just partying and my dad was still doing his thing and I was trying to keep that a secret, but then still stay with this girl who was like perfect. She was straight A's, going to Davis. And I was like this fucking <clears throat> chump kid that was going to junior college and like was going to like ride her coattails or something. It's like, come on, you got to know now that that doesn't work anymore at a small town level. So luckily, um, 
it's not luckily, but it's weird to say that if my dad didn't get in his accident, I probably would have, you know, tried to pull that. And then if it didn't work, I would have still just stayed in aromas and I would have had nothing really happen. But when I was, um, when I was 19, like high school was cool, but like I was saying, I, I kind of like, my dad kind of made it awkward because I always tried to like keep him out of it, but he was definitely tried to be a part of it a lot. And that's why he was, I mean, I loved him. I loved my dad and he was very fun. And, but I see now that there was like a part of me that was always like, ah, like I wish that he just was more sober and more normal and more like everyone else. But, but he's also what made me, me and more open and not such like a, I don't know, square, but like some of my friends, like it's frustrating even to, I think he made me a really good judge of character because I could tell how he was all the time. You know, he made me judge him <laughs> too much. So I always had to know like when he was sober or what drug he was on, how to play him or how to like, you know, just maybe avoid him. But now, you know, I wish I didn't, I wish that I spoke up more and that's probably why I'm trying to talk more is, um, need to be more open about things. But when I turned, when I was like 19, um, crazy day for me was when, um, I was supposed to be going to school and I just didn't want to that day. I was just like, I'm going to go surfing. I looked at the surf report cause I took an oceanography class. Like one of the only classes I finished at Cabrillo. Thank God. Oceanography was amazing. It was like cause you got to actually go to the ocean for your class. And my teacher made it so hype cause he was like, I was from Michigan when I took oceanography and I did it in Michigan. It sucked. And I was like, that would suck a lot. But anyways, that's stupid. Um, through oceanography, I learned all the tide charts and it made me find out like when to go surfing. And this day was going to be probably one of the most epic days at the surf spot that I went to. That wasn't that great of a surf spot. It was like, man, resets a beach break. It's the worst in Santa Cruz probably, but this was going to be the day of days. <clears throat> I had my wetsuit on halfway up. Like I didn't even care about my car. <laughs> I just sat in it wet wetsuit or whatever. My car was like moldy after I was done with it. <laughs> but, uh, I was in my wetsuit and I was like, you know, this is 2003. So I didn't even have a cell phone. I don't think yet. I don't even think my mom bought me a cell phone yet. And, um, Oh, it sucks to say my mom 19 <laughs> I should have been doing this shit on myself <laughs> but uh they uh the phone rang while I was like I, I was already like a foot out the door is the thing and like I was just like oh maybe I need this stoner mentality just like how many times you have to go in and out of the fucking house and I swear like I get in I come back out I get in and then this time the phone fucking rings and I'm like okay do I even need to fucking answer this like I'm supposed to be at school but I just like, I don't know. I had to answer it and I answered it and it was like, uh, Brandon, are you, are you okay? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, um, I think you need to sit down for this. And I was like, okay. And so I sit down and she's like, your dad was in an accident. And I'm like, okay. And she's like, he broke his neck. And I'm like, what? And she's like, He's not dead, but they're not sure if he's going to make it. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, so what's going on? She's like, well, he's definitely not going to walk, but um, they're not sure if he's going to make it at this moment. And I was just like, 
whatever. I, I think you just go numb. I think when something happens like that, like, I don't even know. I, I don't know. It could have been either way. If they said that he died, I, I don't, probably would have done the same thing. But like, I just fucking put the phone down and went to my car and went surfing. And I, when I surfed, it was like, it was real. it was like a really good day. I don't even know if I really thought about it that much. It was like, the surfing was, was all that I really thought about. And then I don't know, like, I don't even think I cried. I think I was just sitting like just quiet the whole time. And then when I got to my house, my grandma was just standing in my driveway and this is like my mom's mom, you know, cause my grandma, my grandma Bobby was in Sonora where my dad got in the accident. My dad tried to like, he tried to fix his act and he tried to go to Sonora and like clean up his shit because he was, he seemed like everywhere that he went in Aromas or Santa Cruz, he just saw someone he knew that would be like, Hey, let's go get fucked up. And he couldn't say no. So he went to Sonora where my grandma was. And I think there was more people up there to get fucked up. And it just was a matter of time. So he found it and then got right into it. And then he got in the accident and, uh, thank God it was only him in the accident. And, um, that was kind of like what I got to right away was my grandma was in the driveway and, uh, she was there to just tell me like the whole, like I couldn't even pull up. I had to just park the car in the middle of like the road and, she was just like there to hold me and I hugged and we cried and cried and cried. And then she told me like, you know, they're still not sure and, you know, probably best if we go see him. So like that was the next thing. My mom came into Aromas and we got like all dressed up and ready to go see my dad. And it was just in Santa Clara, which is crazy because they were in Sonora. We were in Aromas and they had to helicopter him from Sonora from where he was because it was so bad. He broke, um, he broke his C4-5 which are like, it's not all the way up at the, the skull, but it's like, it's high enough to where he's paralyzed from, from just above his nipples all the way down. And, uh, but I mean, at this time, the very beginning when right now it doesn't really matter, they just know that he severed his spinal cord and that they had to do a bunch of surgeries. And that's kind of what we had to wait for actually before we could go see him. Um, cause we wanted to go right then, but they were like, no, there's no point in going because they have to do surgeries for so long. And my dad was actually in a surgery for so long and he tried to like sue about it, but he was in one surgery for so long that it like stopped all the chin hair growth, like from the middle of his chin. It was like, he was resting on his face for so long that like, yeah, he was, he looked kind of like Thanos. Now, <laughs> If he was, if he was around for that, we probably would have made fun of it, uh, but that's not funny, but it is. <laughs> it would have been better for him. It would have been something to laugh about. But um he uh that whole shit when um when that went down, that was so crazy cuz he was so spun out on drugs like cuz he he talked to me after he talked to me about it afterwards and to hear his story mixed with like how I saw it and the way that I interpret it now is like the only way I could see it is like if I make my own movie, like my own kind of like this is what it would have been like. Cause it's like a mixture of train spottings with like fucking Alice in Wonderland or something. Cause he was in a thing called like, um, well, they have to put him in a halo, which is like that thing where they like put screws in your head and like, so your, your head can't move any certain way, but he's also laid in this, like it was called a crucifix and it was like they had his arms all the way out and he had a tracheotomy so they had a hole in his throat that he was breathing out of and so this was you know after the surgeries and everything and we were allowed to go see him but he was they were like just to warn you he's in and out and it's like dude we 
probably shouldn't have went and seen him at this time, you know, but it's like, you kind of go through the motions of like how people, when they are in the hospital or whatever, like you got to go do this shit and it makes sense to an extent. But at the same time, the way I see it now is I probably, I probably would have had people wait longer because it was so crazy, especially for my brother being two years younger than me. And, um, it really fucked with him, I think a lot, but, um, it was like, he was laid out in a crucifix and that thing on his head. And I mean, it looked fucking weird. Like, a like, a like a crippled Jesus thing, like, but the strap to a table, like punished or like in trouble, but couldn't move. It was fucking crazy. And, uh, it swung back and forth because it needed to circulate as like, it didn't swing back and forth. It, it like oscillated back and forth to right and left <clears throat> so that the blood would flow from arm to arm and like through all the middle part and whatever. But I mean, it would go all the way over. So he would see like all the way to one side of the room and then it would rotate and look all the way at the ceiling and then all the way to the other side of the room. And then it would just do that all day for days. And this is all while he's like detoxing from like Oxycontin, meth, Valium, Xanax, like all these drugs. And they're also giving him like Dilaudid and morphine and like painkillers. So he said it was like the gnarliest hallucinogenic, like not in a good way, like like devils and spiders and demons and and even like the people that came around and like would talk to him or even my grandma and like the way that the, the it would move you know like and something would be there and then it would be gone and then it would be you know like i couldn't imagine that'd be so fucked it would be the worst but part of it too i mean in that time it would have been the worst 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 but part of part of his being that way did teach me a lot about um patience and and the way to be, but that's another story too. So, um, when that happened, my dad got in the accident and then, um, was being taken care of at Santa Clara Valley medical. And they knew that that was going to be a while. And so we could go visit him a lot. And so me and my brother did, and I was still dating Jenna and like kind of dealing with people just being like, Oh my God, I heard about your dad, but it's also like weird because he didn't die. And it's like, oh, you know, he'll still be around for, like, whatever. But it's like, no one really knows until, you know, not even I knew. And it's like, yeah, you know, I could even be with people when they were like, oh, it's already here. And I'd be like, well, you know, at least we still got him. You know, like, at least we could still do something. But you don't know the future when you have to deal with that shit at the time. And so it's like, you just kind of hide it and you just kind of, like, do your thing. And um, I mainly just kind of delved into Jenna and I wasn't like really doing much of my schoolwork, which I should have been doing, but I was making good money at the restaurant that I worked at in aromas, which I didn't know was like failing. So I was just like, yeah, I'm a kid making like 200 bucks a night on tips and just having a blast. And, but at the same time, like being like my dad is paralyzed and you know, so that was kind of used it as an excuse to party more. And, um, people just kind of like would, be like, I don't know, nicer or more generous or I don't know, just partying was different. And I also just, I think <laughs> it made me want to black out all the time more. Like, cause I just didn't want to feel that shit. So I did a lot and I did, I just, I drank to blackout even before that though. That's the thing that I, I try to figure out, but this definitely gave me an excuse to do it. And, um, yeah, and I was good at it. And then what's crazy, the the crazy coincidental 
shit of, of me is, um, like the first time I did cocaine, Mike, cause I definitely did a lot of cocaine in my twenties and I never thought I was going to do cocaine before my dad's accident. Cause I didn't like when he was doing any drugs and drinking and all that shit either. So I was like, I'm never fucking doing Coke, but I knew some of my friends that were like part of like, they called the lush crew. Like when we were part of like the hyphy movement back in the Bay area in the 2003, 2004, 2005 era. Um, they were doing a lot of blow and I just thought it was kind of dumb. And I think some of my friends, even my close friends that were saying they weren't doing it, were doing it. And, um, I kind of was catching hints and we went to like a huge house party. And this was like, dude, this was the day before my dad getting released from the hospital so we can go see my brother's football game in North Monterey County while my, it was like my la- my brother's last football game too. So this is like a big thing. My grandmas are there and family, all this stuff. And I still managed to like, fuck all this. I'm going to go party with Matt dog and rich dog and everyone and these girls and whatever. And I think, I think me and Jenna maybe had just maybe split up, but I think we were still talking and I always just kind of like thought, you know, we were always going to be together kind of thing. Kind of like how I still am with other people, whatever. Anyways. (laughs) So, um, I, uh, I go party with them and then, I was like, I remember just thinking I was like getting pretty drunk and I was like, fuck it. I want to do blow. And I told my friends that I wanted to do some. So we did some and I did a big old line and everyone was like, Whoa, that was your first time. And I was like, yeah, I'm the best. I'm like a pro. So I totally like took it on right away. Like I was a fucking pro and I was like, let's buy some. And everyone was like, yeah, B dog's got money. Yeah. 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 And so I pulled out 200, I had $200 on me. So we were like going to buy like, a good amount. Like I think then it was only like a ball, which was kind of crazy. But, um, this guy was like, well, let's do testers first. Let's get this guy to give us like bumps before we go. So we walked over to my car. I had the only car too. So we go to my car and we're sitting in there and the guy uses a CD case and puts some lines down and I do the first one. And I'm like, Oh, Oh my God. Oh my God. And it like, it hurts so bad. Like, like a fucking, like a chem, like a chemical up your nose, like a dried up chlorine or something. And I was just like, ah, like, and I remember kind of hitting the back of my head and like kind of scratching my eye, like pushing on my eyes. <clears throat> and my friend was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Was that CR or CO? And the guy was like, it's CR. I thought that's what you wanted. And I was like, I remember in my head thinking, man, CR means crank and CO probably means Coke. And that guy said it was CR. So I just did crank. Ah, and that's sure enough what I did. And it was a big line of crank. And I was like fucking jacked. Like I was so fucking high and I was just like, well, whatever. Like can't go back now. So like my friend did some, and then those two guys like just kept doing more in the back. Cause like they didn't fucking care about whatever they were doing. And, um, I remember just being up and like partying for a little while. And then just like, remember the party like stopping. And I was like, uh, what do we do now? And like, I was like, well, what the fuck? I got to go see my dad. Might as well just stay up. And I remember just laying in a bed on my stomach, just listening to my heart go. And another guy that did it with us was like there too. And we were kind of like just sitting quiet next to each other for like three hours, just wide awake. Like, cause we couldn't talk or anything. We were just like sitting there in my buddy's house while his parents were like sleeping in the other bedroom next to us. And so we just stayed awake. And then finally, like around like this P 
peak of the sun coming up. Like right when I knew Starbucks was open at like five in the morning, I was like, let's go get Starbucks. And so we snuck out of the house and went to Starbucks and just started drinking Starbucks to just stay awake. And I was just like, fuck it. And then you could start to feel all that grossness of like the, just everything starts to leak out of you and you can't go to sleep still. You're all eggy and sweaty and methy. And then I, then we had to go all the way, like back to my house in aromas, get ready get my dad kind of ready and then we had to like meet him at the fucking game and i'm just like dripping meth sweat (laughs) hangover like all over everything and just trying to be normal around everyone and i'm just like this is the worst thing ever and i think i got a lot of guilt i felt a lot of guilt through that i'm sorry for coughing into the thing i need some water i'm gonna grab some water real quick um i said i felt guilt from that, like doing drugs and, and drinking the night before, like seeing my dad for that encounter with my brother and everything. It made me, um, it made me kind of realize that I wasn't really doing the right things like going to school or being right to my, you know, my girlfriend or anything. So I think I decided then that I was going to care give for my dad. Like I was like, okay, I could like, I could look like the good guy here and I could like clean up my act and not do drugs and get away from drinking. And I could maybe even go snowboarding more and I could live at my grandma's house and take care of my dad. And it's like, it it was like kind of good. It was like smart. I was actually like thinking like, yeah, I'll stop drinking and I'll be better. You know, this was like me when I was, you know, 19 and I wish that I, I wish that I'd stuck to it, but other things happen when your dad's quadriplegic and was a drug addict and alcoholic before he got into the condition he was. Because, because when, when he got into that, they normally would prescribe someone for pain like Oxycontin or Percocets or any of those things. But because he had so much in his system already, they had to prescribe him just enough morphine for the first bit to hold him over. So just the morphine that's, and that's, you know, standard. And then it would be the oxys and the Percocets, but they had to go into methadone, but they had to go into the methadone sooner because they found out that he, (laughs) through me was, and this is why it's hard to have someone that was a drug addict or whatever before they were in the condition of that is he convinced me to cut open his time release morphine patches with a razor blade, like just small enough so I could squeeze out the goo with credit cards and put the goo directly into his mouth. And just like, you know, basically you have 72 hours worth of hair, like morphine in one city. <laughs> and I mean, I seen him fucking, I thought he, I thought he died a couple of times. There were times when like, I don't know, like you just kind of get bored and you're sitting there doing nothing that I took a little bit of it. And it was like the highest I took like, like a pin drop, like the smallest little corner of my credit card. And I was like drooling. I was doing like the nod. It's like how I know, like the jokes that like people tell about like what it's like to do heroin. I'm like, Oh, that, that I felt like that when I Licked a little bit of morphine off my credit card when I was giving it to my dad. <laughs> it's so fucking weird. I got sick the next day, like everything. But the thing with my dad up doing that with, with him and his manipulation is, 
you you learn a lot from someone when you have to take care of them like that. I think everyone that has to take care of anyone learns about this because anyone that's that's dealt with someone that has, you know, it's like you don't want to be the burden when you're being the person that's, you know, like the hurt person. You don't want to be like the person that's over asking. So he had that thought in his mind. So his way of like asking you to do stuff was so like sideways and like weird, you know, like almost, almost like manipulative, like, Oh, like, like almost like reverse psychology or something like, Oh, you don't have to do that. You know, but it's like, dude, just fucking just tell me to do it. Like, or even like, I don't know, just things. It's like, it's really, really hard to explain. But then on top of that too, what, what that kind of frustration builds on him is that he doesn't even want to ask for people to do anything. So it's like, what, what can make it easier to not have to need things? And that is to just consume more mind altering so more drugs more drugs it was like all that he wanted and like it almost made, it made sense to me for a while and like it almost still does if like if you had the money but like you also just have to know when you, you have to know your your means and you have to know your shit and i think like that's when your mind has to be stronger than whatever else you're around because he he never could and 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 like now i almost use him as like a way to meditate because you have to think, I don't know if you, he, he was able to have, and, and that's what makes me know that I was weaker and my ego needs work on too, because it says that you're the weak one if you're the one falling for the manipulation. But that was the thing is my dad always had someone around in order to, to, to just kind of whisper things in their ears to, to get what they wanted. And at the same time, I think people had a hard time battling their own ego and being like, well, what would I do if I was in that situation? I think like he might've just kept himself around those people and that was us. Or I don't know. I'm still battling that to this day. I think that's what I think about all the time is would I tell, would I be more confrontational? Cause I don't think I ever really was with my dad. I think I needed to be, and I never was. And I think that comes from having him be, Hold on one sec. Damn it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, the, the thing now is what I'd be, I would be more confrontational. I hope so because I have the knowledge and this is like one of those, this is just off topic, but this is like one of those quotes where it's, I wish all the knowledge that you get from, from being or caretaking for somebody that's paralyzed, but I don't wish this on anyone. I, I would hate if anyone's parent was paralyzed, but the knowledge that you get and the wisdom and the patience is something that is, you know, you can't, you couldn't get it any other way, the way that I have it and the unconditionalness, the unconditional love that I have and the way that I know of that definition, because going to take care of my dad in Sonora was like, he, it was a godsend for him. And it kind of was for me because it, I kind of did like just smoking weed and like kind of skating by and it was kind of like it was a ticket to do that because I know that my dad wanted to smoke weed and he needed somebody with him to smoke weed or else he wouldn't get to. So that was kind of like he liked me there for that and I would like that because we could just get high. But that's what made me kind of the weird stoner I am today because we had to be stoned around my grandma all the time, which meant like no red eyes no acting stupid, <laughs> but like in my head, I'm just like, I'm fucking ribs. <laughs> but like, 
looked like a fucking doctor or something. But, uh, I mean, I guess it makes you kind of a good person. I guess it makes you a better stoner. Yeah. Like a good functioning high person. But, um, I mean, it also teaches you a lot. Like the good things of it is it teaches you like humility, teaches you to not give a fuck about like going into restaurants or parking where you need to park or like saying, Hey, look, motherfucker, <laughs> you think you're in a worse position than this? I don't think so. And it's like, it kind of gave me that a little bit and I, I like that for it. But the only thing that I don't like about it is, is how manipulative someone in that condition can get. And like my dad even was manipulative before that. And like, he's taught me a lot about what manipulation is, even when it is a small thing, like, Oh, you know, just, you know, what, what would you do if you were in my situation? That's, that is a question that's manipulation or just like the, okay, go then go, just leave. I don't care. He'd do that fucking all the time. Cause it's like, all right, dad, I got to go. I'm going to go skate. What? Like, what, what am I going to do? Oh, what? And it's like somebody normal should just be like, yeah, I'm just going to go. But like in my mind, I don't know why I get all like, Oh, okay. I'll wait just a little bit longer or that it would just hurt on my heartstrings for like 20 minutes after I left. Like, so I'm trying to deal with that a little bit and like know what, if it's mine, I just need to do it. That's mine. It's my time. And, and, and just be fair about it. Cause maybe I wasn't being fair about it. And that's probably why I'm still weird about my relationships now. You know, like even it's like, you got to know that if you've already put in this much time and you want to do something for yourself, you should go do something for yourself. That person next to you shouldn't be able to be like, Oh, but what am I going to do? If you go, well, what am I going to do? And I think I dealt with that. I think because my dad was in that position, I, I'm still like that with people I'm around, even, even like people I'm just trying to be friends with, not even a significant other. I think about too much what the other person thinks because of my dad being in that situation. But up there, um, being around all the drugs and trying to hide everything from my grandma who was in denial about everything just like got so fucking hard on just like everything in my, you know, my dad like wanted to smoke weed, like in the living room of my grandma's house. Like, and I'd be like, we can't. And he would just be like, we're going to do it. Like, come on. Like, and I'm like, no, like I'm the one. And then he would somehow talk me into doing it every time. And like, I'd see him even like blow it to my grandma and I'd have to like jump into the fucking bed and like pretend like I was sleeping, like with the lighter and the weed, like right next to me, man, so many weird, like hidden weird nights and like and like having my dad say weird quotes and i mean not like quotes not like he picked them out anywhere he said them himself so my uncle kirk his brother is three years older than him and he kind of used my dad as a way to like clean up his act too because he was in and out of prison all the time but he's got like a serious fucking he's got like nine duis and like he just like biggest drug addict never said no to anything and like when he came around it's like oh cool he is like sober for you know like of course like anyone seems normal when they're sober but then he was left around the pills i think i think like after like a week and he took like all my dad's pills and was all fucked up again like he had to go and like that was a scare and that was weird and to learn a lot about my uncle but like there was a time when we were all helping out and my uncle was like fucked up on my dad's drugs. Cause I think what it was, and I, I kind of told the story a little bit wrong is my dad was letting him have like a little bit of the drugs. 
so that my uncle Kirk would like withstand the time. And I wasn't really that into him yet. So I didn't really see that that much until later. And really when I got to Chico, but the, there he was letting my uncle take him. And there was a time when we were trying to give my dad a fucking bath and we have like all the Hoyer and like that crane thing. And he's like in a net and like my dad before the accident, super into his body, super into being clean, like shaved and all that stuff. So this happening to him was fucking crazy. Cause he wanted a shower like every day, but it's like, dude, you're in a fucking wheelchair. Like we can't do this all the time and you don't have all the, the fucking resources, but you know, we did what we could. And this one time my uncle was all fucked up and we had to get him on this like slide thing that put him in the shower so that like the water would hit him. So that he was like leaned in, but halfway in, halfway out, whatever. He ended up just fucking falling. And my dad, like, I mean, nothing moves below the nipples. So it's like a noodle, but like a 200 pound noodle. Like, so his upper body, like his head kind of moves, but not really. Cause he's got nothing to support it. And he's like down up against like the bathtub and my uncle's trying to get underneath them. We're all wet, like pretty much like in our underwear. My dad's naked. It was fucking crazy. And like, we're trying to pick him up and like, we had to get pillows cause we couldn't get him up because it was too slippery. So we had to like prop up like body parts and like make sure his head was going to be okay. And that's like what my dad said, like, I fucking hate this. I can't even fucking kill myself. And that fucking shit just like, stuck with me forever and I was like god damn it this like sucks like why do I even want to fucking be around here we just want to fucking be dead or whatever and like I think that kind of got to me for a while and then I was snowboarding a lot and like having a lot of fun and that was like the one outlet I had and um my ex you know Jenna and I weren't together anymore but I still talked with like my friends which were her best friend and a couple other people and they all lived in Tahoe and she was like I have an extra room you should think about trying to move to Tahoe if you don't want to be around your dad anymore. And I was just like kind of fed up, like at that point with all the drugs and my uncle and my grandma and my dad and him saying weird shit. And I was just like, I didn't know what to do. And I still like feel bad about it. And I didn't even say anything to anyone, but I basically ran away and went to Tahoe. And, um, I, like I said, I was going for like a weekend, but I just left like with everything. And, uh, when I was there, like just was good for a while. And like, was kept my head straight. But then like we had one party where people from Chico were all visiting and was like awesome to see everyone. And I definitely had like a party streak in me and I hadn't partied in a while and fucking got super fucking wasted, got into a fight, fucking all kinds of shit went down. Like a boss chunk of hair. I was at a big black eye ended up like going snowboarding anyways the next day. Like, and it was a big story. There was like, some of it was in a video and, whatever it was like fun and then the next day I was hooking up with one of the roommates of of my ex's you know best friend who was also my best friend but then I was hooking up with this girl and my ex had told me like the one thing is don't hook up with any of those girls and I already was and so that was a conflict when we were all staying at this house because that girl wanted the attention of me and then Jenna was there and like also wanted some attention from me because she was just I don't know ex exes are easy to hook up with and I was just trying to like balance it and we did acid and me and that one girl like really liked doing acid and having sex. So we went upstairs and we were like fooling around and my ex came up and I, she knew what was going on and she just had to fucking do it. And she walks in, catches us having sex. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And I remember stopping her in the hallway, talking to her and being like, don't, don't do this. Like, no. And she's like, get the fuck out of my way. And I like did the step to get around her and like 
stop her again and get in front of her, but my foot went too far and I went down the steps backwards and I did like the do, 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 do. And I did a hole all the way in the, the bottom of the floor. And then I fell down the last little, it was like the L corner at the bottom and I hit that wall and then I fell down the stairs and then they just left me there to just, and I just laid there naked and just fell asleep because I was so embarrassed and bummed out that I put a hole and that I, they were both pissed. Both of the girls were super mad because I ran after the one. I should have just stayed with the one I was hooking up with. But because I ran after her, she was pissed. And then because I fell, the other one was pissed. And it's just like, fuck. So that was all fucked. And then that day, all trying to pick up the pieces, the dad of the person that was on the lease found out about the hole. He talks to me. He's like saying he's going to come kick my ass. And, I'm like, fuck this. Like, fuck you. Like, you're an old man, whatever. Like, you're not going to come here and do all that shit. And I mean, it was stupid what I did, but my friends from Chico were like, fuck him, get your shit and let's go to Chico and you can live on my couch. And I did. And I went to Chico with my clothes and my snowboard and everything. And, um, I moved into my buddy's four bedroom house in Chico, uh, 1439 Almond street. And that was the fucking, the dopest shit ever. That's like when everything really started. I lived on a couch, an L shaped couch with my next best friend and my timeline, Brent Llewellyn. And we had an amazing time, but all I had to do there was just, um, clean the house and I had a place to live in Chico and then it goes on and on and on but I think I want to stop right here right now thanks Kevin thanks Janet Dude, thanks for sharing that. that was a long that was I know probably all over the place and scattered but hopefully we can make some kind of cohesion of this yeah. at least it's practiced once You guys. Well, no. I mean, future listeners. Um, I think I would just say that um, there's still a lot more that I have to say, and there's a lot more that goes in between all this, and there's just a, a lot that everyone can learn from someone else's story, and I think that's why I want to tell mine the most. And I think if anyone else wants to tell their story, they should. And if, if I could get this more and if I have this I want everyone to share as much as we can and I I hope that my story helps people and I I hope that I could tell you guys more of what I have to offer because there's still more to come that's the whole thing I'm I'm just in this transformation right now I just started transforming and this is I'm trying to figure out the best way to transform and I'm feeling like the best way to do it is to try to, you know, go through all the memories I can and try to get them out into the airwaves. Maybe it'll manifest something or maybe it'll help. Cause I kind of almost feel too. I keep saying like I'm in this Truman show thing. Like it's my own thing. Like all these things keep happening, coincidences and all that stuff. But it's honestly, I almost feel like I'm making, I'm almost doing the same destiny as my dad. And I just need to try to like, maybe this is the, this is the little, notch that will get me off of that uh repetitive wheel that i might be on so this i think this is the newest mode of doing it and i hope that this will change everything and i hope this helps everyone thank you <laughs>